0: Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. All right, welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Jason Ward. Jason is the editor in chief for MakingStarWars.net, a Star Wars blog uh, run by a group of Star Wars enthusiasts and friends. Uh, with the purpose of discussing Star Wars news uh, behind the scenes on both its website and its podcasts. Uh, so, Jason, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, guy? I am
1: really excited to be here. I'm a I'm a fan of your show. Awesome,
0: man! I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. Really excited uh, today because obviously you are a writer, um, but you also happen to write about Star Wars. So, to me, that's kind of like the best of both worlds. We haven't done this yet, so uh, I'm I'm personally really excited. Do you want to tell us, I guess, just to, to kick it off, what making StarWars.net is?
1: Yeah. So back in about, I would say, 2012, 2013, um, you kind of only had Star Wars fans who were into the Clone Wars, who were active online and on Twitter and running blogs and stuff. And um, I actually started off with a Tumblr, just putting Star Wars pictures up. And people were like, hey, you should do a a website. You really should do one. And I was like, okay, okay. So I uh, decided I was going to take that leap. And when I did, I decided that I wanted to report on the process of the making of Star Wars, as opposed to like... Every single thing that happens, like Star Wars toothbrushes are out at Costco. Like I I don't care about that. I care about the films, and so it kind of so it kind of like all lined up for me in the sense that they announced a bunch of new movies were coming out like right after that, or or at around that time. And uh, so so the site has just kind of become a place where you can read credible rumors. I get a lot of scoops and usually credible scoops and. Lots of um, information about the behind-the-scenes information on, on the uh, new films.
0: And I like that you've kind of found a way to kind of filter your news, because as I think about it, behind-the-scenes does kind of encompass a lot.
1: So, like, yeah, those parameters are always, I think, the a difficult part of doing any topic, like a like website and writing about it that's so vast, because if you don't whittle it down, you'll just kind of you'll just be aimless, just grabbing at
0: anything. So does that include reviews as well? Like when a film has been made, is that no longer, that, that's, I guess, the making of it, correct? You're still talking about how it was made, right?
1: Yeah, I, 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 still, I still do, uh, I review each film when they come out. And I will review television shows, and I will review books and comics and stuff like that, because it is, strangely, it's kind of like an extrapolation. But it does actually tie into the the process of the films. Like when when you read a bunch of comics, like with uh, what Poe Dameron's doing after the Last Jedi or something like that. Well, what he's doing in there is going to interface with the writing of Nine, or it can't happen. Like it can't contradict because there's one unified canon. So I will delve into that stuff. uh, But but for me, like my heart is always in the uh, cinematic aspects of it. So everything that I like and everything I follow kind of always sort of flows into the films for me
0: how do you stay on top of everything because obviously you said you're watching the films which come out a little bit less frequently but the books come out fairly regularly right so yeah how how do you manage to in the comics how do you manage to kind of keep it all together and and find the time for all that well what's kind of cool for me is that like the star wars fan community is is so
1: um engaged and so i'm able to kind of like make you know little carve out little spots of time where i could do some like powering i I went to grad school and stuff so after grad school like reading star wars fiction like a book in a week or less it's it's nothing i could just power through it and um but it's also kind of good in the sense that like i said we have this community where i'm able to go like hey did i understand that right like did that happen because that seemed weird and people like no that that's what happened and uh uh-huh. so so I, I got I have other readers in a way like being a Star Wars fan, you're part of the biggest Star Wars book club
0: ever, you know, on Twitter. So that's how you keep up with everything. You mentioned uh canon and uh now that, you know, there was that decision at, at one point where they decided that everything pre, you know, such and such was now legends and now everything is canon and you know, it all kind of has to fit into that story. Do you ever find anything that's uh maybe contradicts canon like yeah <laughs> and, and how often is that happening
1: well usually it usually what happens in terms of the actual like novels they're they're not super specific so there will just be little like kind of like little things where you're like well it said that was like two years ago and this says three but it, it's it's so like not like a big deal kind of right but there has there there's been things that like actually get at me that my friends laugh at me about like um you know Forrest Whitaker's character in Rogue One, oh, Star Wars yeah. Story, um, Saw Gerrera? He, in the in the, the film, is just, you know, it's Forrest Whitaker. Um, he, but he's from the Clone Wars animated series. Right. And in that show, it, they were, uh, you know, darker skinned people with blue eyes. Almost like Dune, in a way, with the, with the uh, like, spice eyes. And um, in the film, he doesn't have it. And it's, it's like, so right there you have a contradiction between the canon in animation and the canon in film. Like, they don't really line up. Now, it can be explained away. All, all they have to do is eventually say, yeah, uh, he got an eye transplant to get past a retina scanner on some world, weird planet, or something like that. But that hasn't
0: happened yet, so in, right now, as of today, it is a
1: inconsistency, if you will.
0: Well, what's cool is they're pulling uh, more and more, it seems, from the, the animated Shows and and all that. A good example, I guess, would be Darth Maul in Solo, right? Nice. Yeah, it's really. If you watch that, when you watch that film again,
1: um, if you do, when you see right as you're about to, to, to see Darth Maul for the very first time, he stands or he's like, sitting down, but you could hear his robotic legs oh. making like the servo, the, like this the, the little noises. You know, it's pretty rad.
0: The amount of care that goes into like those kinds of details, from let's say Disney's perspective, right? you know, they're making these films and there's just so much content, but not everybody uh, digests all that content, but there are people who do, and you're one of them. They do feel the need to like also make sure that everything falls within continuity. So such an interesting uh, point that they chose to get into that detail and kind of reward fans like yourself who obviously know that those details are important.
1: Yeah. Like when John Kasdan was writing that film and decided he was going to put Maul in there, in, in the largest of ways. It was it was for us. It was for the uh, Star Wars fans, and it was like I remember seeing that film with my father, and uh, he knew that Maul was back in the cartoons at some point, like from, from Clone Wars. But he doesn't watch that stuff, and it wasn't on his mind. And he saw that film, and he was he was like, "What? What happened there? <laughs> like like tell me again." And it's kind of a funny perspective to have. Um, or from their angle because it's like uh my dad probably represents the average person who who pays their bills when a, when a movie comes out like not us like not not the Star Wars guys and girls like we are this like kind of like hardcore niche audience that i mean it's built in i don't mean to say it's small but at the same time like i don't think we could float a film you know what i'm saying like right. it's like the average person who just goes and sees a movie who who does it and like they were all kind of, kind of lost and oh, that's definitely. What sort of, yeah that's what's weird it's like do they expect those people to go watch clone wars and star wars rebels and like dive into the, the like deeper minutia of
0: yeah of star it's wars? it's kind of a huge reveal uh banking on the fact that probably most people don't know that reference so it's kind of a yeah, a, yeah it's a bold uh, move but i appreciate it oh totally yeah it, it it's like
1: yeah clone wars are i'm sorry a phantom menace is like he dies and then now here he is in this han solo film and I did see some or did speak to some people who were confused about when the Han Solo movie even took place after that. Right. They, you know, it, it can be really confusing to the average
0: consumer. Um, I guess let's dive into uh, writing and your writing perspective. Um, so, you're writing about Star Wars as a Star Wars fan. Number one, I guess, where do you get your news from? Does Disney email you directly because they know you have a, a blog about Star Wars? Or, like, what, how does it all come in? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I will. I will. In terms of like Disney, um, I will hear from them if they're mad at me. <laughs> usually, <laughs> uh, that happens sometimes, and um, you know, usually rightfully so. But the Lucasfilm kind of like perspective is mostly very hands off, like in terms of the fan site kind of side of things. Right. Like they they try not to get too involved, and they try not to like get involved in any kind of drama, and then. If you are getting scoops that are correct, they won't really say anything because that would confirm it. Oh, yeah. So so in terms of like that side of things, that that's how it goes. And when you're in their good graces, you know, they'll give you a heads up like, oh, uh, you know, a story is going to be coming pretty soon. Might want to be around your computer at two today. Don't say anything. Or, you know, they might give you like a press release or something like that, you know. But in terms of um, that side of things from like a fan site perspective,
0: it's mostly pretty hands off, honestly. It's interesting to think that someone somewhere in Disney is kind of like, or I'm sure there's many, many people, but their probably job is to be like, okay, who, 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 let's identify who these key you know sites that are reporting on Star Wars and and make sure that they're in the know or getting the press release releases on the correct news, and also maybe searching for them and seeing like what's not really true that you might be reporting on
1: yeah yeah they they well kind of how it seems to go is that number one most of the people who work at lucasfilm are hardcore star wars fans and so they happen to read the the star wars sites anyways interesting and then in terms of the uh, so they kind of like know what we're talking about they kind of know what we're thinking in terms of um what we're putting out there and then but then on the on the other side of things they know that when they do anything on their social media, that like the main, you know, like really active, when I say main, I don't mean like the best, I just mean like the people who are like prolific, they tend to like grab at any, any strand. And that kind of like is, I think the biggest issue in Star Wars writing in, itself, uh, from a fan perspective, especially, is that like, it's like, what do you cover? And what don't you cover? Like, what do you take seriously? And like, like where do you filter out the, the garbage from the gold? and um so they don't seem to really feel like a need to like get us press releases all the time but on but at the same time they have so many licensees that when the licensees are doing something they tend to to get us press releases and like let us know that that things are are coming out and we get on the those lists uh if they tend to like your coverage and stuff like that but um other than, than than that, like I feel like it's sort of a very like weird relationship in terms of um how you speak to to like Lucasfilm and, and Disney because they don't like I said, they don't want to play favorites, which is wise. And they don't want to um step it step in and then start to like make everybody into Yesmen isn't the right word. But there are people who, when, when like Lucasfilm gives them something, they're afraid to say anything bad. They right. don't want to offend the, the the people who are being nice to them. But it's kind of a difficult place when you're trying to, like, you know, if the Star Wars film doesn't work for you or the TV show's not working for you, we have to let them know. Or or it just sends the wrong
0: message. So, obviously, you're reporting on Star Wars news, there, the, the irony of it, I guess, is that Things are happening behind the scenes that you don't know about that are covert and that everybody wants to know about. And those things, Disney and Lucasfilm or whatever is not letting you know directly. So you're getting rumors, you're getting, somehow you're getting this information. So what about all the other yeah. stuff that's coming in? Where's that coming from? Like who, like, how do you validate that? If Disney's maybe saying that's not true or we can't confirm that. Um, it, oh, you mean like, like in terms of like, like aggregate work? Yeah, like, are you picking up on other sites? Is it people emailing you? Like, uh, you know, I, I've I've been contacted. I mean, in terms of like, how, okay, so
1: like, how I get news, I would say like, like the you know, there's obviously just the n- normal way you do it. You just read the internet. You're reading right. Twitter. Right. You know, Star Wars. Star Wars Underworld might post something up, and I'm like, oh, I did. I didn't know about that. And then you know, you try and do a solid to the other the other sites. Like, so if if Star Wars Underworld shows me something. I'll cover the article, you know, the topic. I'll write about it, and then I'll, I'll cite them at the end and thank them for the heads up. Like it's kind of like a, a way that that you know everybody keeps cool and shares. Right. And then I I have had um I've had like these weird email accounts that are like burner email accounts that people create and like they they supposedly can't be traced. And it'll be like you know here's the here's what's going on with Amy Hennig's Star Wars game and it's screwed and and here's you know a thousand pieces of concept art to prove i'm not lying (laughs) and Uh, and and so that you can see you know i've had i've had just i've been contacted in terms of that kind of stuff in just about every weird random way and then um and then the other way is you know that you make the original content you pull it from the ether if you will you say yeah i want to talk about i think hayden christensen at the end of return of the jedi is a good uh, good idea like let's throw that out there and then uh see how mad people get at me or how much they agree and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, scoops um, weird, through weird means, usually, and through other sites that just kind of tipping us off, giving us a heads up, and then, you know, obviously the the original stuff. And I, like, I do like to cover the original stuff, like uh, the weird esoteric things, like the um, guys in the Greedo costumes in Jabba's Palace. Those were the vests from hoth and empire strikes back died orange Whoa. like i i like that weird stuff you know like how did they try to shave off a couple bucks from return of the jedi and like so i'll write articles like that as well you know so it's just kind of it's a really like i said it's a really big topic and uh it's there's, there's a lot of freedom there but at the same time it is uh, it, it can be kind of hard though too because there are days when i'm like i really want to put something out and wow, so this site is saying this, I've never heard of them before. Do I take it seriously? And when you write articles like that, where you, you go like, so-and-so said this, but I have some serious doubts, then you kind of tend to make enemies with people that you didn't know or offend them and you didn't mean to. Right. And so it can be really a difficult choice kind of like to cover or not to cover on that front.
0: Yeah, and I think Jermaine, you mentioned Jermaine, I think he mentioned on his episode there was a Star Wars-related story that, that came out that wasn't true. And he kind of uh, contacted That's them and kind of, went, kind of went out of his way to, to make sure that it was kind of dis- discredited. Do you feel that same uh, obligation to kind of make sure not only that you're not posting the, the, the right news, but that maybe you're kind of ever stepping in and being proactive about stopping the not correct news? Oh, big time. Okay. Uh, especially
1: doing scoops. And stuff like that. Like I don't want to, I don't want to get it wrong. You know, I don't want to humiliate myself, obviously. But also at the same time, um, from my perspective, I want to bring stuff to, to to Star Wars fans for discussion. But I also don't want the uh, discussion to be something where people look back on it and go, "Hey, remember when we were, you know, all talking about how Jar Jar was a Sith Lord." Because we read it on making Star Wars like that's not what I want. <laughs> and, and I and like when they make certain choices that are interesting, whether they're good or bad, um, and I'm, if I'm scooping it, I want to have it right because I do remember during the prequel era of Star Wars reporting that there were there was a sort of like a, a kind of a cynicism just about about everything Star Wars anything new at that time, especially. And then the prequels were kind of divisive, and so it kind of. Um, it showed me back then that if you're gonna kind of delve into that stuff, you need to make sure that you give it all all the credit it's due. That you're not putting right. something that could be great in a bad light because of my limited imagination or my misinfo or what I don't know. Um, at the same time, too, when it does come to stories going up, like I think that integrity matters. I think that when somebody puts up a story and it's fake, then I I could just go report it and you know get the ad they had money from it or whatever. But it's like, who wants to go to my site and then doubt that everything I put up, you know, is, is going to be right. Like, so I think it, it, there's sort of an editorial conceit that should happen in that front. But what I will say where my perspective um, changes from somebody like Jermaine is that like Jermaine is at like io nine or, and it was like at SlashFilm. film. Right. And when slash one io nine is like, Hey, like we want to know this, we're going to say this. Uh, I think Disney or Lucasfilm are more likely to like answer him. And their their policy, like I was telling you, is that they don't even comment on rumors. So there's sort of like a really like like somebody like Jermaine has like a, a lot of like power in that sense. Right. And and from the fan site perspective, they usually just won't even answer you. Or sometimes they'll give you like a little heads up. Like, uh, for instance, this was kind of an interesting thing that happened to me was uh i don't know if you guys know but rogue one had a pretty troubled pr- production where there was pr- there was all, like, a lot of turmoil that. yeah and um i was contacted by crew members who were like hey we're coming back to basically remake a lot of this movie and i'm like really like how much we talking and they're like you know i'm doing like three months worth of work and uh I and this six. is
0: this is um,
1: anonymous or uh no, those okay. are actually sources. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'm with studio sources. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I trust them. Um, I believe them over any PR person ever. You know. Wow. And uh, they but they were like we're doing about forty percent, and I was like okay, so forty percent. So I went and wrote my article on that. Like, hey, they are doing lots of reshoots, and they always do reshoots on Star Wars films. Like I knew this. I mean, everybody knows that. I think who follows the films, and I said. You know, they're going to be refilming about 40% or 40% of it. But I learned like the most valuable lesson ever.
0: Don't say and a certain
1: percentage I, or. Yes, do okay. not be that specific. Got it. I was so specific that I gave them deniability. And uh, a few of the people in, in the company who were very protective of the film because they knew the film was good. And, and, for, and for the record, in, in my story, I, I had nothing but good things to say about the fact that they were reshooting. I'm like, the fact that they're reshooting says that they want to get it right. right. They're not trying to mess it up. They're trying to make sure it's the best movie it can be. But that story um, hit about the same time as a page six story that was from the opposite perspective of the movie's trash. And they have to remake it just to make it releasable. And uh, so all of that together kind of like put me in this really like bad place where I was kind of getting dumped on by a couple of Lucasfilm people, and uh, but at the same time, I had people at Lucasfilm writing me, going, "It's not, dude. You're right. You're right. Don't worry. Just, just stick, <laughs> stick with, you know." And everything that's come out since then has has proven that it, you know, that was pretty much correct. But once again, if they filmed
0: forty one percent or they filmed thirty nine percent, I'm wrong. That's true. You know? that's a really yeah. good point. So let's dial it back a little bit to more of the writing process itself. Uh, walk us through a day in the life. You wake up, what do you do? You grab a cup of coffee, you sit down, you check your news. What's the process there?
1: Yep. The, my, my kids aren't in preschool yet. I'm like, okay, kids, here's your breakfast. Here's your coloring books. You guys good. They say, yeah, I said, I get my coffee, sit down start looking around going through emails. And i you know, every morning when I wake up, I got probably about a hundred emails ish. And, uh, in it, there will be real scoops, there will be real information, there will be fake scoops from people who want to trick me or just, you know, I don't know, think it's funny or something. And uh, so, you know, you kind of have to like look through it and that kind of correspondence and stuff. And then um, I have a, a, a couple of other writers who who helped me out on the site, uh, John and Corey primarily. And, um, so I'll hit them up and be like, Hey, what are you guys doing? You know, you guys working on anything that you guys, you know, want to get out. And then if not, then I will try to help them by sort of assigning something or like, Hey, does this interest you? And if it doesn't interest anybody, um, I just go, okay, if none of us care, then nobody else does, you know, that's kind of the the, uh, process right there. And then, um, yeah. And then the, the, the problem with, in my opinion, with, uh, the whole star wars writing thing is that you know you kind of have to work like on a on a deadline in a sense like if you're not out in the morning for the east coast then you kind of like you miss like a huge window that day because for whatever reason like news that you write doesn't hold over until until the next day like you got pretty much one day on a story usually i'd say and um so you kind of w- either need to get done early or you need to stay up super late and that's my opposite perspective. Sometimes it's the other side. Like when a film is in production, I kind of go on UK time, which is really difficult with two little kids at home who haven't started preschool yet. And, uh, but that's, that's so, there's just a, there's a ton of, the writing is obviously the part that matters because it's what everybody sees, but the correspondence and the writing behind the scenes is, is all of it, I would say. I feel like writing the story is just this little, like, pin tip to this, you know, huge glacier
0: of work. Yeah, and you've been writing uh, for the site for a while now, right?
1: Yeah, I, I like, I, I started like I said, started writing on the Tumblr in like 2012. Uh, I was I was a grad student at that time, and uh, I had a grad student job on the side and uh, with a lot of downtime. So I kind of just started writing about Star Wars and socializing about Star Wars in their free time in that job. And then, um, and then the, the site I think actually officially went live in 2013, and uh, so
0: pretty much have been writing about Star Wars in some way every day since then. And did you have formal writing training before this, or did you? Was it more like I have the Tumblr? There's the need for this. I'm passionate about this, so I'm going to figure out the process for maintaining this or editing this site.
1: Yeah, um, I went to well. In terms of writing, I will come from American studies. I was a, a grad student in American studies. And I worked at the American Quarterly Journal at US when it was at USC um, for a while too. And, um, you know, editing ac- a- academic papers and going over them and reading like submissions and things like that. And um, my formal kind of like writing is sort of from an academic perspective. And, um, I was really, really into ethnography, which is more anthropology, but I was doing that in American Studies and writing about neoliberalism, which is this—you uh, know—anything goes capitalism and uh, what that was doing or is doing to small communities, especially. And so, when I started writing, if you—I don't know if I would say I write entertainment writing, but entertainment writing—it was sort of a weird jump, and it's still sort of like a weird jump for me. I kind of. Have almost like imposter syndrome about it, you know, in the sense that it, like uh, I'll have like a, an article that gets you know two hundred thousand reads or something like that, and I'm like, man, like what am I doing? Am, <sighs> am I supposed to be the guy who, who's doing this? Because was that article good enough? Because I was just trying to get it out, you know, really quickly, and, and also too, um, the writing process I think suffers, uh, in the sense that when you do get something, you don't know who else has it.
0: Interesting. It's yeah, the you don't wild card.
1: Is, 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 yeah. Is it about to drop on Slashville right now? So you kind of like write it and you just do your best in that moment and then you
0: kind of get it out there. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Do you ever feel limited by the fact that you can only write about Star Wars? Or is, there, yeah. or is the sea that is Star Wars so vast that it's not really a problem? Well, you know what's you know
1: it's kinda of weird is you know like like when you go to write something that you don't want to write, how there's like that kind of like uh and then you kinda of, kinda of like get your gears going right. and then you get your rhythm and then you're finally like now you're just putting it all on the page. Right. I don't ever have that problem because it's Star Wars.
0: I was actually gonna ask you like that very same question. Yeah. I was gonna word it yeah. more like, Do you have the funnest job imaginable? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, <laughs> You know what? It, it so, well, so there is that, like, I don't have that problem. Like there's other things I want to write about. And, you know, I, I do writing in other places. Like I do professional stuff for like businesses and things like that, where I'll just, you know, help somebody with their, write their website or whatever. And um, so there is like that side of it that, that isn't that fun. <laughs> so, uh, but this, this star Wars side of it is super fun. But at the same time, there are like, it's weird. I think when you're a writer, you have this imagined audience, right? You're, all, you're writing to an audience that you've imagined in your head. And that audience in your head like, is critiquing you and praising you and making, you know, it's kind of, in the weirdest way, guiding all your hand as you're going. And um, so what's weird about it is when you go write something and you're like, wow, I just told people Luke Skywalker is in episode seven for sure. But he only has two scenes, but they're rad. And, um, and then you put the story out thinking, like, everyone's going to love it. And then you, like, are, are getting, like, emails like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm oh. going to kill you for lying about Luke's involvement in the film. Right. And, and, and if I see you, you know, you're dead and stuff like that. And you're just like, whoa, what just happened here? Where, how did I go from thinking I was bringing, you know, a holiday to everyone, a Christmas party or something, to being like the most hated guy in a Reddit subthread, you know? And so in a way, best job if you cannot read to, into the social
0: media side too much. Wow. I guess we could quickly transition to an obvious question I want to ask is that, you know, obviously, as you just described, there's a lot of like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say very polarized sides and very uh, emotional, angry, people sometimes and 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 not everyone's like that, but there is a lot of that these days. How did that happen? And like wh- how would you describe the current climate that is Star Wars right now?
1: Yeah, so up front currently the the climate is super toxic. Okay. Like unbelievably toxic. And um it wasn't always this way, you know, in twenty fourteen it was completely really different. Or even in early twenty fifteen, for most twenty fifteen. It was really, really good. But I do remember seeing I, I see how we got where we are, or I should say, I saw it coming, in the sense that, like, uh, I broke the story. Uh, I'm not trying to brag, but I did break. I broke the story that Finn was a stormtrooper. Interesting. And, wow. And I, he was John Boyega's character, you know. And up front, I got oh, a black stormtrooper, and that was like strange. I, I didn't see that that coming. I didn't see that kind of. Um, backlash and i don't even know if backlash is the word but just the negativity from some people and so now here we are today and we've had like where almost every star wars hero has been a woman now except for in solo and that one underperformed and we have um a, a cast that is um multicultural cast in, in all of the films so far and you have people who are from small town America or you know some like place in Kansas or something and when they look around that's not what they see when they look around there it's a you know it's a it's a white neighborhood and so when they see these films they see it as forced diversity and they get really really weird about it and and really angry about it and um it's it's a it's a hard place for me to be in because i have had Everyone from every gender to transgender to uh, you know what I mean, like any kind of uh, cultural background, write me and tell me like great things about how their experience being a fan and what Star Wars means to them, or about how they didn't think that they were going to be included or okay, you know, they, they wouldn't be welcomed into the culture, and then they were. And and um, so when we have this stuff going down it puts me into a place where I'm like, well, as a, as a, somebody with a platform in this like, game or whatever, like, do
0: I just shut up right. or do I, There's, do I fight definitely it? a it's, moral yeah. yeah, obligation there?
1: Yeah. And, and, and the writing, you know, I wrote an article about Kelly Marie Tran who was kicked, or right. not kicked off, but forced off of social media by, by bullies basically who are harassing her about racially, and or about her weight, or from anything that that was just it was all garbage. But she had enough, and she was just like, "This is toxic. I'm out. Like, I don't need this in my my daily life. Like, I got. A, I think she's saying I got into this to like engage with people who like my work, and um, and that's not that wasn't what was happening. So I wrote this article where I just said like that happened, and like guys, like when we see this stuff going on, when you see a Star Wars author, or you guys see a Star Wars, you know. A director or an actor or anybody involved in this getting uh, bullied by, by fans, or if you want to call them fans, or by readers or whatever on social media, like you have to report it. You can't just like let it stand. If everyone had been reporting the, the tweets against Kelly, she might not have ever seen most of them. She might still be on, on Instagram right now. And I'm like, so kind of like maybe that's our job in this is to, you know, not let that stuff stand, not let those people feel excluded. And and uh, from and and if Kelly Marie Tran is feeling that way, her her the, the fans who are reading her Instagram and commenting are seeing it too, and they're also being told you're not welcome here. You should get out. What ends up happening is you have people who deny that's why she even left. And uh, almost goes back to your original thing where I was trying to original question back from a few minutes ago where you were like you know like trying to get it right. I reached out to Ryan Johnson and I said, Hey Ryan. Uh, did Kelly Marie Tran leave social media because she was being, you know, harassed? And his response was, "I don't want to answer for her, but you know, basically, why else would she have left?" Wow. And and um, so like right there, I I had the answer. And but that really infuriated like a certain like uh mostly YouTubers, honestly, um like a YouTube audience of uh, people who want to say that that's not why she left. She just left because she got tired of Instagram and. You know this stuff doesn't exist, and it does, and it, it's really. And I, I should tell you too that, like, back to the part of checking emails in the morning, I will get emails all, all, all the time about why you know uh, the forced diversity stuff, and uh, like, when are when are white guys gonna you know be included? And it's almost sounds fake, wow. and I don't, and I don't know if it's just trolls or if it's people who really believe that kind of that kind of stuff. But that's, that's where we are. And I think, it's, I think Star Wars is so big that you have so many people attracted to it that in the, the weirdest way, it kind of becomes a microcosm of, of the country. right? And it brings it all together. And then you get this kind of cultural friction going on between several different kinds of communities kind of you know, rubbing against each other. And the friction sort of uh, starts, starts to, um, to develop. And uh, it, it makes it really difficult to not get called a a, a social justice warrior, and then it, but then at the same time, when they're calling you that and they're doing that kind of stuff, you end up having to do the exact things that they call you a social justice warrior for, which is usually you know caring about people and wanting to make sure that the community and your readership is anybody who wants to read it, anybody who likes Star Wars and wants to be included and that they're not feeling like they're not welcome because they, you know, aren't
0: a 40-year-old white dude like me. Based on that, I mean, we just went from, you know, you kind of, hey, I think I'm going to have a Star Wars Tumblr to now I'm writing about Star Wars. So now I'm kind of, I have this like social obligation. It's gotten kind of heavy, no?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is heavy. and And I feel that it's heavy. I mean, even... Before this, when just reporting spoilers, to me, is heavy. Like, uh, I don't want to misrepresent anything. I don't want to, you know, obviously Lucasfilm doesn't like when spoilers come out. And when when they do, like, I want to get them right. So, like, that's, I feel like, a big responsibility. Like, just hitting that publish button on those, for me, is very, very difficult sometimes. Sometimes I need to work up the courage, you know. I'll sit right. there for twenty minutes before I, I, it's story's done, and then I hit it, you know. And I'm like, oh, oh, I did it! It's away. And um, uh, but in terms of this, the the uh, social stuff, is much heavier with I think more r- real world ramifications in terms of just like uh, what I imagine, you know, some seventeen uh, year old girl who's reading reading my site who's not white, and she's seeing that kind of stuff. You come up in the comments on Twitter and stuff like that. It's like, what do you do? Like, how do you how do you let them know that that it's not acceptable? That that you want them there. That you want you know, come as you are, kind of. You know, it's a really difficult and and heavy place. It can make it a really big bummer. And I have a lot of um, I get a lot of messages from people saying, man, it's so it's so toxic. It sucks right now. It sucks. And I I just go like, you got you got to block and just focus on what you like because it's just going to be that way for now and it's also too there is a political uh, component to this the people the, yeah, the people who've come in um they are you know they are they're um people that are on the opposite politics of Lucasfilm. which uh, lucasfilm i you know i was trying to tell them i'm like you know george lucas and lucasfilm they're in san francisco guys you know it's the most liberal place in the world probably you know this in the country right and and uh and there's a reason for that. And, um, star Wars has always been on that message, but you're realizing it now because they're making so much of it. And it kind of, um, it kind of just bums a lot of people out and that's what we don't want to happen. And we don't want people who take, who taking that stuff into like the real life who get off the internet and they're just shopping in a store. Then they see a guy who looks like me, and they think, "Oh, that guy, you know, doesn't really want me around." Like, you know, you think about that kind of stuff, and it is—it's it, heavy and it's a bummer. And uh, I guess it's kind of the burden of this era of that with social, with the era of social media and being a writer with
0: social media being so powerful that we have to deal with. And what's the solution? Will it take a an amazing J.J. Abrams episode nine to to fix all this, or is this obviously a, a greater? Uh, problem it's about the platform uh, if you ask
1: me because you know like a guy like me who was just a grad student and now all of a sudden you know i I had you know a million readers my first year like that's a big platform or million views that comes out of nowhere and i think a lot of people in politics especially like the more scuzzy side of it have realized that criticizing that stuff and getting like kicking up the drama it drives hits it drives traffic it drives Um, social media interaction and it brings what they want to talk about and what they want to say onto the scene and that's what's difficult too is like you know where am I getting tricked where am I doing exactly what they want me to do by even responding but at the same time we didn't respond to that stuff for a very long time it started during Rogue One pretty heavily and we didn't respond to it and now today it's worse than it's ever been So, not responding to it is not the answer. That's for sure. It definitely has to be dealt with. And the way I've taken to it is I feel like it just has to be mocked. And I know that might be like the lowbrow solution, but I've been making YouTube videos where I take what they say and what they do. And I've been writing these scripts and I take their arguments and I mock it. And I hope that when a 15 year old boy. Who reads my site sees it, laughs at at what I did, hopefully, and then when they see it happening in reality, when they see you know somebody going off about virtue signaling or something, they go like, "What a clown!" You know, I I see how corny this is, and that's been kind of my solution. And I don't think it's like a mass solution. I think if everybody started mocking it, then they would find a way to weaponize that back at us. You know, like there was like like some drama that went down with one of those kind of guys on YouTube and. Somebody assaulted him at a convention, and like when that happened right there, then they started using that it like we're violent. You know what I mean? Like like we're we're not the good guys. We're the guys who want to hurt people. Oh, wow. When in reality, that's not what it is. In reality, we want everybody to be included and to feel welcome, and we want people to be able to see themselves on screen. You know, like uh, like when I was a little boy, I had blonde hair. Luke Skywalker had blonde hair. I never wanted to be Han Solo growing up because I felt like Luke. Luke looked like me when I was a kid, and that's who I who I identified with. So you know, if you're an African American boy who's six years old, I want you to be able to go to go see a Star Wars film, and I want you to look at Finn and see yourself. Like, why would anybody not want that for right. for for everyone? And uh, so it's a, it's a, so so the solution I think is just to not let it be acceptable. To never like, let it be normalized. That it's the way the internet is. That's, that's the one thing I, I will never accept. Because there's people who think the internet isn't real. They think that their actions on there don't matter. They think it's like a role-playing game or something. But in reality, like when you hurt people on the internet, they're crying in real life. You know, When you write something horrible, it affects them. And uh, so it's kind of, yeah. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to be the internet cop. Or something like that but you know we got to we have to help each other and protect each other or the, the whole social experience which most people socialize online now and it'll just it'll be a really terrible world i think so it, it's uh it's really hard not to be pretentious and and not to overdo it you know and it's always a weird mixture too of like am i giving people enough star wars fun right now or am I just talking about how, like, you know, crappy America is right now? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really, really hard balance to like make that work um, in terms of articles on the site, the
0: podcast, and the the, the social media interaction. Wow, well said. Um, moving to a a slightly lighter note on the writing side, do you write fiction as well outside of the website? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Strangely, like kind of like when I was when I was younger, that was what I wanted to to be. Is I wanted to I wanted to write films. I wanted to be a a scriptwriter, you know. And I started learning that process and started studying like the stuff, you know, that George Lucas told me to study, like Campbell and things like that. And um, but then I was about sixteen or seventeen, and I got really into punk rock, and like Nirvana was breaking back then and um so i got really more into writing music and and writing um uh, stuff of that kind of uh more on the music side i'd say and so that kind of took me away from that stuff and then um now today what i mostly do um, in terms of like creatively creative writing uh, that isn't music is that me and my uh buddy randy who does the podcast with me we do a thing that together called ghost fancy and what we do is we take really, really bad ghost stories and that could never be real. Like if you just kind of map it out a little bit and we take we take it all apart and we turn it into, we write uh, a script on it that lays it all out um, accurately. And then we kind of perform it on a podcast and and it's pretty funny, I think, when you do that. Like what the actual results of bad fiction are. And, uh, but that's what I like to, that's what I like to do for, um, sort of a creative outlet. And then, but we write setups for every single thing. So the, the, the concept of Ghost Fancy is that a, a really pompous, um, man named Hal and his, um, sidekick, um, Indigo are a paranormal press and they look for ghost stories to cover on, on their periodical. Uh, so when you hear the reenactment on the show, it's them actually, like, um, it's their reading of the story. And then and then at, at the end, uh, those end up going off into little side adventures with, like, side skits. And we use those side skits to introduce more, more um, original or horror
0: stories from the internet, you know, ghost stories from the internet, and UFOs and stuff like that. And so. how does the process of your writing differ between writing that kind of more creative stuff? Than let's say the stuff you're doing uh, for the website. The stuff
1: I'm doing for for the for the website, obviously, um, in terms of like 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 the process, is I guess it's the intended audience is completely different. So the way I see it, and I the way I see it changes that voice, that voicing is completely different. um, In the sense that, like, I'm trying to convey news in the most simple way possible, that cannot be taken incorrectly. That can't be taken in in, in a wrong way. And and with just a little insight there, with Star Wars news writing, you need to be super careful with with the words that you you use. You have to write in a very particular way where people can't see what they want to see. Because they will see what they want to see, bad or good, in it almost all all of the time, so you really have to struggle. In terms of, of like like the more on the more creative side of it, you know, it's liberating. You get to go and you get to, you know, write whatever makes you happy and makes you laugh. And if I'm writing something down and then I show it to Randy and then he laughs, then I know I'm on the right page.
0: Whereas the other way it's, you know, if somebody laughs, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so so what's the future have in store for the website?
1: So in the future, what I want to start doing is I, I and this kind of gets more into the, that script writing kind of place is that I want to start doing more on the YouTube side of things, but I want to do it in a more in a, in a scripted way where either it's reporting the, the news with video or videos that go with articles how, you know how the big guys like the IGN guys do and stuff right. like that. But, but I also want to, want to do it in a way where it can be a little bit more interactive, where I can write it, I can write something out that I can pull from social media posts to kind of show what people are saying about it. Because uh, I am a fan of, of like history, and I'm a fan of, of Star Wars history, and so in a way, I kind of almost want to take the site into a place where we could cover what were people thinking about the Star Wars films as they were coming. Because we always like the, the, the movies come and then, you know, you have like, you know, everything about the movie at that point and not just, just the production, you know? And, and so I kind of want to get into what were people thinking was going to happen? What were, what were they expecting? And, and, uh, and what were their, what were their expectations and stuff like that? So that way there's sort of an evergreen quality to it because when you report news there, it, it, it's, it's dead. It come it hits and it's dead. You know, it's out there. And uh, it doesn't matter anymore. And then when you have certain scoops, you'll have some insights into the production. And uh, but I kind of want to get it. I kind of want to get the site into a place where we could kind of talk more about what, what what people were expecting and thinking. And like even like with Solo underperforming recently, like you know like how how was that that taken? So I have some some stuff hitting pretty soon that kind of delves into that that side of things
0: and still relates to the making of the film. Are you ready for something we call a series of seemingly random questions? Let's do it. All right. Number one, what are your thoughts? And I, I gotta ask some just Star Wars stuff. What are your thoughts on Luke returning to nine? What are, do you have? Because obviously we didn't cover uh, speculation, right? Do you even speculate, or do you kind of, as uh, a writer who reports on the news, do you kind of stay away from that? I I love speculation, and I
1: love writing about speculation. And the moment I decided to cover Star Wars scoops, I had to stop speculation articles that were speculative in nature, because the audience would sometimes get confused between what was a spoiler and what was speculation. And then when I write articles um, about a spoiler or about something like you know, uh, yeah, Luke Skywalker's in Episode Nine, and when I write the speculation, I have to like explicitly state. I speculate <laughs>
0: because,
1: and, and even then some people, it goes over their head and that, that it's a, it's kind of a problem, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of a problem um, where you're like, Hey, need to read my stuff closer or learn what speculation means. But yeah, that it's a, it, it really does. Uh, I'm kind of boxed in on, on that kind of front, but there's also like kind of stuff like when Luke dies or, you know, when he, when he dies in a uh, last Jedi, His clothes fall down. He became a ghost, man. Like it's it's obvious right there. Like you don't see anybody in Star Wars disappear when they die. Looks like they're becoming a ghost. So I'm like, in Episode Nine, he's clearly gonna be in it. Like uh, that was never uh, that was never in question for for me. And it's easy to say that now that you know, obviously, he's it's been announced. But it was it was never in question to me because of that moment. I was like, he's gonna be back as a ghost at some point. And obviously, just in terms of like the, the tropes and the way that everything works, he's gonna help Ray. He's gonna help Ray on her on her path to do what she has to do. He's gonna gonna give he's gonna give Ray that, that big talk that Obi Wan gave Luke, you know, like, you know, you gotta go kill your dad or whatever. He's gonna give her that
0: version of it in the film. Like it if it doesn't happen, I will be so surprised. And speculating here, but he may likely be at the very end of the movie as a force ghost standing, you know, in a corner and winking kind of Return of the Jedi style. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, next question. If you could have dinner with any writer, living or dead, uh, who would you choose and why? Would it be Jermaine?
1: I I have had um, strawberry Han Solo pancakes with Jermaine. So I'm going to check him off of the alert. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh wow, with with anyone, um, I would, pr- you know, it would be just because of the mystery around him. I would probably pick JD Salinger. Okay. Yeah, just I didn't, maybe that's sort of like a a twelfth grade answer, but in reality, yeah, that that's who I would want to just kind of know for a few minutes and 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 talk to, you know, because that guy just seemed super interesting and is it because of the mystery? Like is JD Salinger the first, uh, is he the original Abrams mystery box guy or, (laughs) or is it, you know, but, uh, yeah, but that, that's probably, yeah, I think it would be JD Salinger for sure.
0: Next question. Has anyone ever told you that you couldn't or shouldn't be a writer, particularly, you know, maybe in regards to your website? Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I have, um, I've had people tell me,
1: you know, obviously people who don't agree with with uh, spoilers and stuff like that, or that I run them, tell me that I'm um, stepping on on uh, the, the talent's toes and things like that. And I've had people tell me that my writing just isn't good enough, um, or that, you know, it's really bad. And sometimes it is, and I admit, sometimes my writing is not good, and sometimes my writing is good. And also, too, there are people who don't read the bylines on the website. So on Making Star Wars, I have, uh, there's me who, you know, um, I'll be 39 in a few days. And then I got another guy who's about to turn, you know, 20. <laughs> and, and there's different writers from different walks of life in different stages of their writing careers um, on the site. And uh, so sometimes I get, I get criticism about all kinds of things like that, you know. And I, but who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, people read my site. They, they know what I'm saying. Most of them can comprehend it. And uh, so I think in terms of news and daily entertainment, it's definitely good enough.
0: Last question. Um, what is something about your writing career that nobody knows? Something about my writing career that nobody knows.
1: OK, uh, well, maybe the uh, when I don't know if this counts as like writing career, but when I was uh, in first grade, I couldn't read. I did not take to reading in first grade very, very well, and so I got held back. And in that second year of first grade, I was so advanced compared to every reader and writer in in school. And after that, I was always sort of a I don't I don't know if the word a star writer, but I was always a, a a big writer in my in my school. You know, and and after and so that gave me a lot of confidence that. To do what i 'm doing now, the fact that I know that it I kind of came from not even being able to really you know write at first um, when everybody else could, everybody else was picking it up, and i wasn't and uh, I think it almost gave me a complex like a challenge of wanting to be a better writer um, from that moment on from since I was you know six years old and um, with that in mind, right, I kind of feel that I could pull off. Anything if I try hard enough with enough time. (laughs) Which is I know that sucks and that but and
0: that's always what I feel like I'm up against as a writer is up against the clock. And lastly, and I I, I know I just said lastly, but I'm gonna add another (laughs) lastly. Um if you had to give one piece of advice for aspiring writers out there, what would it be? Well, my number one advice would be to write for
1: yourself. Because the times that I have h- had bad experiences and the times that I felt like um, ashamed of something that I wrote or whatever, I feel like I didn't do it for me. I feel like I did it for, for some other reason or for someone else or, you know, to make something else happy or whatever. And I feel like on the on the other times I've gotten in trouble, but I did it for me, uh, I, w- I could live with it, you know? there was no guilt and there was no shame and there was no um there was no reason to um second guess myself other than that was my that was my choice to 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 make you know and i also think you should sell your legend if you will but like don't believe it you know what i mean like i get a lot of people who are really into the spoilers that i did and and really like love it i'm totally down to to, to sell that idea of, yeah, man, that's what I do. Read my site. That, that's my thing. At the same time, like I don't think I'm like, the uh, James Bond of Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but you know, s- sell, your, sell your legend, but don't believe it, I guess,
0: is the, the number one like, advice. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, did you want to just plug the website one more time?
1: Yeah, that's makingstarwars.net. And my podcast is makingstarwars.net. Now this is podcasting and then
0: twitter handle as well maybe
1: yeah at making star wars on facebook and twitter and instagram and everything else
0: there it is uh well thank you so much really appreciate you coming on i really thought you know going into this that this was going to be like a nice light like i said i joked about earlier uh you know who shot first Han or uh, credo but <laughs> you know we didn't really get there we didn't <laughs> we we kind of delved into some some deeper like, heavier stuff but It's uh, great to talk to you, love hearing your insights, and I'm glad that you're fighting the good fight, so to speak, and, and, uh, you know, really conscious of the the moral um, responsibility. So thank you again uh, for coming on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right. And thanks to our listeners. We hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin MacLeod.